This episode is brought to you by Magical Butter. The Magical Butter Machine is the world's first countertop botanical extractor designed for creating fantastic recipes, infusing the essence of healthy herbs into butter, oil, grain alcohol, lotions, and more. Go to MagicalButter.com and enter the promo code WEEDANDGRUB for 20% off at checkout. MagicalButter.com Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. be those people when this podcast is successful we get our we get welcome to weed and grove wavelength tattooed on our arms what do you mean when like (laughs) (laughs) let's go do that tomorrow (laughs) you made me choke on my own self (laughs) i would do that tomorrow yes i am that person i don't have any tattoos but that is exactly the right tattoo for me for my forearm right now currently in my life a whole forearm tattoo hell yes your first one is just gonna be the one that there's no getting around and it's... elbow to wrist fuck that's bold fuck it what fuck else it. am i doing you know out here living I, I wouldn't get a sleeve because i feel like my upper arm is going to you know change a lot more than my forearm will Mm. You know, as you get older, like the way your skin changes, I feel like my forearm will stay the same for longer than my upper arm will. It will. That upper arm, no matter how fit you are, yeah. it gets heavy. It gets... The skin you, gets heavy. Things happen. Skin gets tired. Yep. That's how skin works. Sure does. Yeah. So always lower extremities, forearm and, you know, like lower leg. It's like you make the mistake of like getting your your cheeks tattooed. Oh. And then they just like hang like... Ass cheeks, you mean? <laughs> yeah. You your ass cheeks hang. I think my That's ass a is gonna stay. Thing to picture. Well, no, I think my ass is actually gonna stay pretty high and tight. Like my ass hasn't changed that much over many, many years. Like I feel like my ass is pretty consistently as as it is. Yeah. But like the rest of me, I've actually sort of seen some changes where I'm like, oh, okay, That's, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yep. But my ass is just great. Isn't it- I have the ass of a 21 year old. It's kind of fucked up that like. As dudes get older, their balls just hang more. Yeah. Right? They just get bigger and hang longer. Do they get bigger or do they just droop more so they just look crazy? I think they just droop more, but still, it's not a bad thing if your balls fall out of your shorts as like a sign of aging. That's a cool aging. I mean, yeah, it's definitely a shock to see for the first time because you usually are a kid when you see that Mm because you're usually like at the pool as a child, I remember when it happened to me and I was like, what is that? What's happening? It was a little shocking, you know, but as an old, you know, an adult, like going to nude beaches and stuff, I don't mind a pair of droopy balls because someone's just like got some years. That's fine. Yeah. Don't be, don't be shy. When they rest in the sand. Sure. While you're sitting cross-legged. Absolutely. I get that. Yeah. Just prop them up a little. Give them a little cup. Oh, like you take the, like you open the pizza box and you take the little table that's keeping the box up. Oh yeah, you that's just a rest great your balls use. Yeah, take that to the beach next time you're going to the beach. Take the take the pizza table for your old nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great reduce, reuse, recycle yeah. system. Yeah, I mean, it's. 
I mean, look, women wear bras. We support our breasts mm-hmm. our whole lives. We're told that we need to put our breasts into these cages, basically, and like hold them up with straps that dig into it. Like they're not fucking comfortable, but we wear them because we don't want them flopping around. That's not a comfortable situation. So I don't really see why guys don't do the same thing. Like strap it to your thigh. Yeah. Or, table. you know, like, I mean, lots of people wear tight, tight, tight briefs to keep them in there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is brilliant. Yeah. Little tables for your balls. Little tiny tables. Like take them into business meetings and stuff and just like adjust. <laughs> <laughs> on the subway, uh-huh. man spread away. Just like put your put your junk up on that tiny table. Yeah. It's going to be great. I'm trying to, I'm racking my brain for like the name of it because it can't just be called the inside of the pizza box table, the tiny table. Oh, um, ball top, uh... Cock and ball top. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess your I guess your dick would also rest on it. Well, your dick is hopefully if you're built, you know, like most people. I guess your dick is above your balls, right? Yeah, usually. Gonna naturally. That's as far as I've seen, anyway. (laughs) And that'll naturally rest on your. So it's yeah, it's cock and balls. Cock and ball tabletop. I think cock and ball tabletop. I think in the old days, well, there was a thing called a cod piece. Which was, you know, back in Elizabethan days, was sort of like the bit that you don't go all sleepy eyed on me, like I'm boring because I said Elizabethan. It was a thing that's relevant to what we're talking about now. It was just in the past, Mike. Jesus Christ. I heard the word history and I was like, You literally made a face like you were falling asleep. I did? Yeah. My face. You're very transparent. Or maybe it's just that I know you. You do. Yeah. What is I, but I don't know what a cod piece is. Well, I'm not going to fucking tell you because you act like you were bored. So you'll have to go look it up and then you'll see how cool it is and how, what a big mistake it was because I was going to talk about it. You missed out. Damn. Uh huh. Because now I do want to know. You fucked, you fucked me up mentally because you reverse psychology'd me just now. I would have made a great fucking teacher. I'd yeah. Like, oh, yeah. All you kids, you don't want to know how cool it was back in like Victorian and Elizabethan times when no one could bathe and how bad everyone smelled and like how did women deal with their periods and shit? No, you didn't want to know about that because, you know, it's actually like really cool and fucked up and weird to think about. But no, why don't you all just like pull out your phones and play your games? Damn, you'd be, be like, cool. Please tell us about yeah. rotting flesh and leprosy. And I'd be like, no. Miss Gibson. <laughs> I'm on. fascinated by that shit. I fucking yeah. love history. But anyway, I know it's not for everyone. Well, it should be for me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Then you would know what to call your cock and ball table if you knew a little more about like the Renaissance. <laughs> <laughs> what a thing to come back to haunt me. <laughs> I'm in the shark tank. I'm pitching it to them. And they're yeah. like, what do you call it? And I'm like, uh, and it flashes back to this conversation. Yeah. If only I'd studied art history, I would know that the perfect name for the cock and ball table is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can't come up with it. Damn. Yeah. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. This is a podcast about weed. And grub. And food. And sex. Pop culture. And uh, cock and ball tables. Anything we want to talk about. Everything under the sun. Yeah. How are you, Mary Jane? I'm doing really well. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. 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 Wow. What a great answer to hear. It's a new moon, so oh, maybe that's part of it. New okay. moon in Gemini. Very powerful, evidently. You can let go of a lot, you know? Is that right? When there's a new moon. Mm-hmm. I feel like Gemini's harbor. Oh, harbor. You mean like hang on to things? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if that's true. It's just what I when I think of a Gemini, I think of somebody who like hangs on to things. Oh, sure. I, I get that. My mom is a Gemini, so she's like... Definitely someone that I would think about as like a classic. Like she she hangs on to a lot of things. She definitely like she has a lot of keepsakes. Yes. Well, that's just a mom thing too. Yeah, they save your teeth. Yeah, it's weird. 
Baby, right? baby shoes? No one can have these, but I do. <laughs> yeah. I have them. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah. So. Every yeah. mom's a Dexter. Oh, weird. Not, you know, you know what I mean. No, I don't. Like, it's the same, like, same things that moms save as the same tokens as serial killers. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That's terrible. Can I have your hair from your first haircut uh-huh. and put it in a book? Oh, yeah. And sometimes look at it? She totally did that. Yeah, mine too. That's the part that's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. It's like when you open it up and you look at it and you run your fingers across the page. Oh, yeah. They stroke it lovingly and like stare into the middle distance. Mm-hmm. Creepy. Yeah. What's up? I don't know. Whoa. New moon, huh? <laughs> Mom or serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that a new game show? Yeah. <laughs> Made you into a footstool <laughs> with your face on it. That could be either. That could be either. It could be either. Oh, it's like you as a little kid holding up a fish. Uh-huh. On a footstool. Yeah. So could be either. Totally totally a mom, though. <laughs> I mean, you just made your mom a pillow with your face on it. No. Yes. I sent her a weed and grub pillow. Yeah, that's your face on it. Oh, that's a good point. In cartoon form. Yeah. Yeah. In millennial pink. She uh, loved it. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Merch. <laughs> what a weird ad for our merch. So anyway, we have merch coming up. My mom's a serial killer, or maybe not. Anyway, I sent her a pillow. It looks great. Happy new moon, everyone. <laughs> Oh, my God. We have some news this week. We do. In our news section, the Grublet Gazette, powered by Word on the Tree. Follow at Word on the Tree for everything good in cannabis news. Illinois legalized recreational weed. Fuck yeah. Hell yes. I need you to talk about it a little bit because I've actually never spent any time in Illinois. And that's your home, basically, right? Yeah. I mean, I lived there for such a long time and I've got family there. As a leader of the Midwest is how I think of Chicago and Illinois. So this, to me, is such a... Like, I feel things will happen swifter now that it's legal. It really does feel like a tipping point because they've legalized ahead of the East Coast, right? Like, Michigan has legal cannabis and Maine has legal cannabis as do, like, Rhode Island and Vermont, Massachusetts. So they're, they're, but like, New York and New Jersey still duking it out. It's cool. Congrats, Illinois. Congrats. I want to just read a little bit from the story that uh, Word on the Tree posted because there's just this great quote that says, uh, well, they say, after a contentious debate in Springfield, Illinois, during which one lawmaker even cracked eggs into a frying pan to depict the, quote, brain on drugs. (laughs) I mean, what are you doing? He brought that. He brought a frying pan and some eggs, and he was like, remember the 80s when everyone was scared of weed? It should be like that again. Yeah. I drove in my Honda Sonata all the way here with a frying pan in the front seat to do this because it's going to work. I mean, do you think whoever that was is like totally like a hardcore drinker and takes fucking, you know, legal pharmaceuticals? Maybe. Yeah, right. I don't want to label him, but I do know that like... That's not a label. I mean, you're not that scared of weed unless you're, I don't know, actively diluting yourself. I would agree with that. Cracking eggs into a frying pan like that. Come on. That was just straight up propaganda that no one bought, even at the time. Can you picture him the night before being like, honey? I got it. I got it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now put on your night dress and get that hole in the sheet ready. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to look at you. Anyway, 
The House of Representatives in Illinois voted 66 to 47 to allow possession and sales of recreational marijuana beginning January 1st of next year. So soon. And it's the first state to approve legal recreational cannabis through the legislature as opposed to a voter-approved measure. Like, this was just through the lawmakers, through the House. So it's a, you know, it's like a big deal because lawmakers are sitting up and taking notice that it's it doesn't just have to go to the people. Like, you can decide on your own, like, this is a great way to make money and also to regulate something that, you know, really should have oversight in order to make sure that it's safe for everyone. Don't you think that they're sort of like, this is with an eye to attracting tourism and being like, well, if New York's not going to do it, why don't we do it first? And then people will just come here and spend money in Chicago where there's great fucking theater, there's incredible sports. There's an incredible restaurant scene as far as I, I mean, I've actually never visited Chicago, but there's incredible food in Chicago, right? Oh, it's some of the best food in the country. And they're on a beautiful lake. And there's like all sorts of incredible stuff around Chicago. And you can like, I don't know, hop across to Toronto and experience some great Canadian culture as well. It's like, it seems like they're just very forward thinking and they are hopefully, I don't know, going to do all of this and put it into place so people can be like, oh, you know what? I'm actually not going to go spend my money in New York. They don't allow legal cannabis sales yet. I can go to Chicago instead and have a great weekend. Oh my gosh. We smoke a big fat joint outside Second City and then go see a show. Yeah. How nice. How uh, nice. (laughs) Everyone's like, improv. (laughs) Sounds great. Dildo. Is that a good suggestion? Whoa. That's the number one suggestion in improv. Dildo? Yeah. Can we have a suggestion of anything at all? And then somebody, usually a dude, goes, dildo. And then looks around to his friends like, huh? Huh? I'm helping. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Boy, it's hard. You know, people like when they're put on the spot to think of clever things really never do. No, never. Number two, spatula. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's random. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Like to go from dildo, you'd think it would follow that direction. Yeah. It goes to spatula. Okay. It's the second most suggested. Wow. I always shout out abortion, (laughs) which is, you know, not that fun for anyone (laughs) on stage or off. Everyone's a little concerned with who who just screamed abortion in a crowded theater. Yeah. And and make it funny. (laughs) Make it funny. We need to talk about it. Everybody needs to normalize abortion. We should just talk about it. It's a surgical procedure that everyone should have access to. Please, let's talk about it. Oh, my God. You're helping yourself on stage as you're making this (laughs) long suggestion. With the sign that I made (laughs) that I have it around my neck. I'm like, I'm here to talk about it. Let's all talk about this. Can I get a spot? Yeah. Can I get a spot? Follow spot over here. Thank you. Oh, you even prove you know theater by saying follow spot. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi. My name is... It doesn't matter. I'm here to talk about abortion. And scene. (laughs) Get her out of here. Get her out of here. (laughs) Oh, that is interesting, though, to think about Chicago, Um, especially when you think about all of the marches that have happened since Trump's presidency. Yes. And Chicago, tons of huge, 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 huge marches. Yes. And yeah, like showing up to support always like very progressive city, very, very aware of like fighting for people's rights. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Which is appropriate because it's Pride Month and our guest today is someone who is like fucking out there as an activist and speaking up for everyone in the gay community and doing incredible art and speaking through like dance and choreography and drag and everything. There's nobody I would want to drop the first week of pride month as an episode yeah except laganja Estranja. like to me um speaking and i should say jay too yeah like and i hope it um, well he gave us permission to like shift in between all pronouns and names absolutely yeah so um like speaking to jay about 
his activism and then reality TV yep. and props that have like helped him in his life and mm-hmm. oh my gosh like pro- propositions like medical marijuana propositions yeah, and yeah, also yeah. props like oh yeah <laughs> as a drag performer fucking amazing yeah yeah it was so cool to listen to someone articulate exactly what it means to be a medical marijuana patient an artist an activist and like someone who just sees all the wrong in the world and is trying to write them with through through art and as a compassionate person, it was like a really open, moving um, experience to sit with Laganja and just hear about like her incredible journey as a performer and as a person. I don't want to get too much into it. Because... Yeah, well, we should do Buds of the Week okay. because um, uh, Jay Laganja Strange is our VIB, very important bud. VIB. We also have these two terrific Buds of the Week this week. Do you want to go first or second? Uh, I'll go first this week, okay. if you're okay with it. Of course. I want my Bud of the Week to be your cat, Bobo. Bobo has had a hard fucking week, mm. and he came out the other side of it like a crabby old man, but a crabby old man who's doing better, and I just like your fucking cat so much oh, that man. I just want to give I just want to give him a shout out on the pod. That's so fucking great of you he is a great cat and i uh am so grateful that you like him so much because yeah he was having some issues and like you went to peco and hooked him up with some stuff that helped him out and it's really cool to see you two form a friendship and a bond it feels great that we, i was over here we were doing some work at eight forty-five, and he was licking this wound that he has and he kept licking and licking and licking and i was like there's a petco open until nine and we just raced over there in five <laughs> minutes and i'm buying him a collar and i'm buying him all of this cream for his wounds and it felt really good and everyone in petco was in Sane. Yeah. Uh, I, we don't have to get into that. It was, well, definitely a story for another pod that I do want to tell because a that was A man flipped off a cashier because they were out of crickets. Like, <laughs> it, it was, was intense. It was very intense. It was high intensity. Uh, everyone was feeling like they were being attacked. Yeah. Uh, and and then to come back here and, like, slap a collar on Bobo, let his wound heal, and mm-hmm. now, you know, have him be a good pal. Yeah. I, I just like your cat, so I want to shout him out. Thank you. Well, and anyone who, who's listening shouldn't be uh, worried about the wound. He's just, I think, having an allergy. Uh, he, he's fine. I just want to make sure that, you know, anyone who cares about cats would be worried to hear. I think so. he's not well. Yeah, yeah. He's, on the, he's on the mend. He is on the mend. He got some roast chicken tonight. He's feeling frisky. Who's your butt of the week? Um, my butt of the week is my friend Isabel, who is an amazing person person, activist, filmmaker, producer, storyteller, boxer, DJ, just a fucking all around badass. And Isabel um, just graduated from DJ school and is playing all over LA right now. And she's scratching vinyl, just like doing it real old school. And it's fucking cool. And she smokes Halloween. She's judged cannabis cups. She um, is the real deal, knows what she's talking about. And she's just a proud and powerful activist and voice for like everything that's right and true. And every time I read any of her Facebook posts, I'm always like, I always just want to just like comment like, hack, hack hashtag truth like you know or like the fist bump like she is just very righteous and um always like a great sort of like guiding beacon for people to follow so she's at la bellatini on instagram and she's yeah djing all over the place so if you live in the la area you can catch her she has in her bio on insta all of the different spots that um she's spinning like uh tabula rasa and all sorts of Ooh, they have a great lobster roll special. They do, and great wine. Yeah. Yeah. So it's L-A-B-E-L-L-A-T-I-N-E. T-I-N-I, sorry. La Bellatina? La Bellatini. La Bellatini. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also, I just want to say shout out to uh, Jay's pup, Little Dabber. Yes. Real cute fucking dog. That dog is amazing. Like uh, the cutest gremlin you ever saw. (laughs) Little baby. Here is our interview with Laganja Estranja. 
You've got a thing right there. Do I? Yeah. Wax? Mm. Maybe just weed. You might have weed on your tooth. Oh, is it Keef? I probably have some on my teeth. Do we all have Keef teeth? It is totally weed. <laughs> it's weed totally in your weed teeth. on my teeth. <laughs> Sounds about right. And that's why they call you yeah. Laganja Estranja. <laughs> I mean, that's the perfect intro. What up, everybody? What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Hey, we're having a ball already, and it's I been mean, two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. We are here with Laganja Estranja. Yes, the illustrious, the long-legged what is another l word i don't know does illustrious even start with l it starts with an a huh illustrious i oh an i yeah i was gonna say lie. can i buy an i <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes you can i think uh live oh what is right. live i'm already it's i'm already supple, lost bendy oh that's right? a word to describe me i like that you are supple and bendy i like that live Live. It also would be a good scent for a candle. Oh. Absolutely. Right? Well, I really love candles, like... if you can't tell. Well, we're sitting here with <laughs> a French K lavender. Yes, this is by... Well, they actually don't sponsor me, so I won't say their name. Uh-huh. Um, but I do have some sponsored scent candles over there by Toka, which is amazing. We love Toka. What is uh, Toka? Well, the smell that I have is called Florence, and it's white gardenias. So it's one of my favorite smells. I just love floral, like, you know, more feminine smells. Did you say that the candle is called Toka? Toka is the brand. So they actually make um, perfumes, like hand lotions. They're awesome. They, I, they actually are sold at Sephora, and that's how I discovered them. And the smell is just really, like, I don't know, elegant do and they ladylike. Have anything to do with weed, though? No, why? And they're called Toka? Toka's like toking. Oh my gosh, no. And I actually don't even know if I'm saying it right. It's T O C C A. It could yeah. be like Toka. Toka. Or to- to- uh, see, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's more of a breath. Right. To- right. Tocha. I don't know, but they haven't corrected me yet, so I guess I must be saying it right. They're still sending me candles. <laughs> We're doing good. We're doing good. No, but this really is my favorite candy com- like candle mm. company. Oh, love. But I can't say your name because you won't say, you won't sponsor me. Voluspa, send money. <laughs> Voluspa. And they make these ones that are like giant. They're like $200, which is like really $200 for a candle. Who's buying that? Nicole Kidman? Yes. But they're, gi- yes, she is. <laughs> and they're giant. They're like I think Jennifer Garner table. has one. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. How many wicks for that candle? That's got to be a 19 wicker. I was about to say, yeah. I think there is a bunch of them on there. And then did you know this about candles? When you light them, you're supposed to let it burn all the way until the wax is like, you know, like wet or whatever like a pool to to the edge uh-huh. of your candle okay. so you want the very it's very important i didn't know this the very first time you light it you want it to burn all the way to the edge basically candle etiquette that is candle etiquette <laughs> when you spend 24 dollars on a candle you learn these kinds of things do you see what i mean wow yeah and right. then always snuff don't blow right um snuff i don't know what this is except like a P- porn film where oh. someone gets killed you know what do you mean you always light a candle before watching s- snuff porn yeah. oh okay yeah. <laughs> rule number one burn it to the edge rule number two if you're watching porn light a candle no. right right okay i mean like extinguish it by like putting something over it instead of blowing on the Ooh, wick to, like, the i actually flame. don't know about that etiquette oh. that's a good question i learned it from oh wait, uh, you know the answer it's true you're supposed to i think like that's what the cover is for instead of blowing the candle you just put the cover on and let i've it always out. wondered why these candles come with beautiful tops okay Mm-hmm. So now I know you're supposed to suffocate the candle. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good. Sounds so cruel and aggressive. <laughs> um, they each come with a tiny pillow. Right. You're supposed to put it over the face. Well, of a the pillow flame. wouldn't work, right? Because then that catches oh, on yeah. fire. <laughs> so it's got to be metal. It's, it's like a, a metal full pillow. On, right. Yeah. 
candle assassination. <laughs> terrible. This We're is starting a very off good. good start. This is We're a hot starting start. Off good. Yeah. Have you seen the candles that you burn and have the skeleton of the animal? This and is so a candle podcast, by the way. Oh, it is now. <laughs> oh, that's right. I love candles. Oh my god, it's so funny. I could talk about candles forever. I just love them. There's one with a with animal like it's like yeah, I saw it. Maybe it was like an art candle, but it was like a skeleton of like a dinosaur or a whatever. And when you burned it, the skeleton was left. That's so cool. Yeah, cats, weird things. I should have bought one, but it was like, you know, a $75 candle. So yeah. you have wow. to really be in the mood to buy a $75 candle. As somebody who's really into taxidermy, I didn't realize the investment it is to oh, get yeah. like tax. It, all that stuff's so expensive. Sure. Yeah, skulls, bones. Hobbies are no joke. Right. Drag started as a hobby for me, and now look at it. So, you I know. know. Yeah. So did you smoke weed first and then like is this a chicken and egg kind of question yeah uh yeah yeah when did performing start and when did weed come into it well performing has been you know simultaneously throughout my entire life i think i came out of the womb you know tap dancing on my mother's belly so like i definitely performing has always been in my blood so for me we didn't really enter the picture theoretically not theoretically until uh, high school. I was a senior in high school and my girlfriend was like, hey, you know, we should try this thing called marijuana. It'll make us feel really creative. So I was actually introduced to the plant as like a creative inducer, if you will. Wow. So uh, the first time I ever smoked was like after school. We went and like got high, of course, in the high school, you know, parking lot. And then we went to rehearsal and like choreographed. So that was like how I was literally introduced to cannabis was like, let's be creative. What an evolved way to encounter. Yeah, it's amazing that my friend, you know, she she's evolved and you know wonderful person and so yeah I was just lucky at that age that's how I was introduced um but it didn't really become integral to my life I would say until I was about a junior in college uh that was when I got dropped in college during a dance piece and my back was hurt and I was seeing a chiropractor uh who was trying to realign my pelvis and there was a lot of pain obviously that went along with it um and so he suggested that I try cannabis for pain management. Is now, this in Texas? This was here. Okay. In college. So I went to college here at the California Institute of the Arts. Mm-hmm. Um, we're known for some of our big uh, heavy hitters such as Tim Burton. Yes. Uh, Pee Wee Herman. Oh. Uh, David Hasselhoff. Okay. Yeah. Everyone fun. Everyone fun and usually drunk on the floor. Yep. yep. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Um, so basically I started, you know, medicating under Proposition 215 at the time because it wasn't recreational in California back then. Um, and that was when I realized like, oh, wow, cannabis is not only, you know, for fun or for creative uses, but also for medicine, pain management. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was when it really became clear to me that this would be a platform I would want to, you know, promote for the rest of my life because, you know, I grew up in Texas. That was the devil's lettuce. I was always told like, you know, weed is bad. So when I discovered it wasn't like many things in life, I realized like, oh, okay, I got to spread this truth, spread this knowledge, or as the gays say, spread the tea. So that's that's kind of how Laganja Stranja came about. Mm, is it too early to talk about reality TV? Never. No, no let's start with that. We were talking about it a little yeah. before. Sure, yeah. of course, yeah. Well, for everyone listening, you came to fame on reality television as a contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race season six. I did, six. that's right, 2014. And then you were also on So You Think You Can Dance season 15. That's right, which was last year in 2018. And what are your other TV appearances? Bong Appetit? I've done Bong Appetit. I was on Skin Wars. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great um, show. It was a great show show my cool. dear dear friend Robin Slonina has been robbed that show should still be on to this day it was a 
brilliant show if you're not familiar it's all about body painters um so they have you know challenges just like any other reality show where they have to create you know themed looks uh and it's just amazing it's amazing to see what people can do with makeup you know obviously drag makeup is a huge element of what we do but it's very concentrated to the face so when you see full body creations people you know blend it into other stuff it's so cool so i was very honored to be a part of that show were you a model Uh, i was a model they did like a rupaul's drag race you know episode crossover so that was cool. Uh, I've also been on the AMAs next to Christina Aguilera. I was also on the MTV Music Awards with Miley Cyrus. 2015, right? Yeah. yeah. So I've definitely done some TV, always you know working and trying to do more, of course. Um, but I feel blessed to have had the opportunities that I've had for sure. My biggest question for your reality TV appearance on RuPaul mm-hmm. is, how did you have to talk yourself into saying yes to it? So actually back then, no, you did. Um, no, I really wanted to do it in the beginning. Uh, you know, I was 23 years old and you were in the game for like a year. Bright eyed, you know, drag queen had only been in for a year solely doing it for the love. Uh, at that point, you know, I was very poor, but because I loved the art form so much, it didn't matter because I was just so inspired, you know, as an artist. Um, and wait, what was the question? I already well, forgot. I, th- I feel like, if I got the call and I was a year oh, into right. something... Oh, right. Was I pushed into it? No, no. No, I w- not pushed. Like, how did talked you... Talked myself into it. Yeah, no. Did you have to, like, face the fear and be like, do I no. even want this? No. In fact, this? when I got the call, it was like, right, okay, and who do we call next to get these clothes together? You know? So That's awesome. I think my whole life I've been, you know, wanting to, to be a someone who inspires others who has a, a large platform. So that fear is very rarely there. Uh, sometimes when I step out onto very large stages... Um, to do a choreographed number with dancers. So see, very specific. Mm -hmm. Because I travel around the world and do big stages all the time. So that doesn't really make me nervous. But when I'm trying to do like a number of choreography that we've specifically rehearsed, then I might get those little jitters. But for the most part, when I'm placed in these situations that most people would get nervous or have to talk themselves up into... Uh, I just feel like I belong there and I, and I'm, and I'm so excited, you know, for instance, with so you think last year, it's like, it was nerve wracking. It was very scared, but when something's your passion, you don't have to talk yourself into it. Right. Because it's just in your blood. It's, it's what you're born to do. It's what you want to do. And so it's validating then it is exactly. So when I got the call, it was like, right. Okay. Thank you. I knew that that was going to happen, but now, you know, too, you know what I mean? And I've always Hmm. been of that belief because the worst case scenario is you don't get it. And what did you lose by thinking you were going to get it? You know, whereas if you are constantly worried about getting that call and this and that, then you're sending that energy. And I, I believe personally that that's not helping at all. So I believe confidence is key. Like I said, even if you have to fake it and it's not really there, if you, if you, if you try and you believe, I think nine times out of 10, you're going to be more lucky in that sense. So for me, when I got the call, uh, I was excited. Like I said, I couldn't wait to call my designers to get all the clothes together. Back then drag was it was a job, but it was still such a passion. It wasn't so much um, a business and a brand and choices were having to be made to fund this or that, you know, it was like a real like, oh my gosh, I'm going to summer camp kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So now obviously since then, you know, uh, going to the show, it was very difficult. I learned that it wasn't a summer camp. Uh, you know, they took away my cannabis, which of course made it 10 times harder. Um, and so I haven't, you know, wanted to return to the show. Fuck no. Also, I'm sorry to interrupt, yeah, but no, it's like, it. it's so calculculated when they take, when I was on Worst Cooks, I couldn't smoke. There was no drinking. There was nothing. They right. keep you 
frazzled long hours and on edge so that you just like pop better tv better tv exactly and you know i think for me um exactly they knew exactly what they were doing i from jump was very clear and honest with them you know proposition 215 here's my license here's my doctor you know what do we got to do to so that i can have my medicine on set and it was just made very clear from jump that that was not gonna you know happen uh and then of course when i got there they also searched my bags which they didn't really do to the other girls now of course this is hearsay who knows if this is true i have asked the other girls if they were searched and most of them said no and if they were it was light but when they searched me i mean it was like a full-on metal detector like they were searching to find the pot to make sure that I didn't bring anything in and I, I think that you know now uh, they're a lot more lenient which is great I'm happy to hear that um, and you know everything happens for a reason so my frazzledness made great TV iconic moments that I don't regret uh, but it did scar me and it did make me you know not want to go back to reality TV for quite a while and of course you know the only reason I went back to so you think is because it was to showcase my true talent which is dance and choreography I did tweet the other day you know when I was feeling down and low uh, that I would maybe consider season six of all stars um, and that's just that I was feeling low that day. I tweeted out I might do it. Do I have a follow-up to that? Not really. I I haven't thought about it more than that day. But in that day and in that moment, I thought, you know, I do want to go back and I do want to show people. But it's, 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 you know, it's one of those things. It's like, of course you want to go back because you want to do well and you want to, you know, up your booking fee and yada, yada, yada. But And also show them how you've grown. Sure. Mm -hmm. But then there's also that other part where... What if you do go on and things don't go the way, you know, you want them to and the brand that you've worked so hard to build is then tarnished, you know, yet again, because you were trying to make good TV and the director uh, encouraged you to be wild. And so you were. Because let's be honest, that's what happened the first time. You know, I just didn't understand that's what was happening. Of course. I genuinely thought they thought I was hilarious, so I just kept bringing on the antics. Um, Do you have story producers when you were there? Yes, you have one story producer that you work with solely who you, you know. They know how you tick. Exactly. They they know your file, that you know you've been uh, analyzed by a psychiatrist, so they know all about your backstory, what what makes you tick. You know, uh, when they did ask me to do All-Stars and I did say yes in the beginning, we were going through all my files and you know they wanted to basically have all my notes from my therapist and of course Whoa. i refused because that's against the law and then they wanted me to sign something uh basically signing away the hipaa law so that they could receive those notes so what? you know it was at that point i realized what i was dealing with and what i was up against and i realized like this is not a safe environment for me my health is worth more than you know going in and having some producer potentially bring up something about my alcoholism and have it trigger something and then me going untucked and be served a drink so you know i have chosen to stay out of the competition like i said for for many reasons but that is definitely the main one is my health uh which is why i say you know i tweeted that out in a, in a in a moment of, of sadness, in a moment of struggle with health, because, you know, that's something I've always been open and honest about. I think we all have mental health issues. I just think a lot of us are much more open about communicating them. Mm-hmm. I grew up with uh, counselors as parents. So every day I would come home and my mom and dad would be like, how are you? You know, so oh, I what just... What a different question than how was school? Right. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. How are you? Yeah. How are you? Wow. What did you learn? You know, so, so I grew up being very vocal about my emotions and not being 
ashamed of the fact that I have a therapist or that I struggle with, you know, addiction or whatever it may be. Um, and I, I think, you know, for the most part, my fans resonate that resonate with that yeah. and they, you know, don't push me. But obviously the day I tweeted it out, you know, I got an overwhelming response of people being like, oh my God, this is like what we've waited for. And, you know, a decade later, how great would that, because I was on season six. So mm-hmm. to go back for All Star Six, be a decade later, um, not in real life, but right. in TV world. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, you know, I want to be a star. That is true. That will never, I don't think that's ever going to leave me as much as I, I would love for it to leave me because it's very difficult and comes with its own shares of ups and downs. Um, but I do think right now my life is taking a different direction and I am focusing less on being on reality TV or doing these things to have 15 minutes of fame because uh, they are fleeting. They are here and there and I'm looking for something more substantial. You know, I, I want to have um, something that I think is a longevity. Whereas I feel these reality shows, like I said, unless you win them or you go to have such a wonderful edit and you become a fan favorite they're like i said they're really only what you make of them so if that's the case i can be making something of something else i don't have to be doing reality tv to make something of myself yeah and that's taken you know 14 years to realize um but you think that's why they also chose you so young oh yes so because it was like we will mold this like classic tale i mean when you're so young like i said you don't understand how tv works you don't understand that this producer is becoming your friend so that then you trust them and they can use that against you and you don't know that you're allowed to say no it's right. Crazy. Right. They don't I mean, tell you you can plus say you no. Plus, you wouldn't say no because you're in a competition and you don't want to piss people off. Yeah, you want to be yeah. doing exactly what they say, when they say, how they say, because you're there to win. And they know that. So, you know, it, one day I'll write a book, an expose about all of it, because, you know, I do think reality TV is, is one of the reasons that society is messed up today. It's truly taking advantage of some of the weakest. Well, it's cheap for- actors. It's cheap actors, you know, like we're all people who want to be stars, who are willing to do anything. And they know that and they take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, those people are doing their job. And that's why I've never been one to blame editing or to, you know, shame RuPaul's Drag Race, because at the end of the day, they're doing their job, too. They have children to feed. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's not a job I'd want. It's not something I could do I couldn't make somebody cry and then go home at night and feel good about it but you know I give props to those people because like I said that's a job and that uh is is, it's it's not easy it's not easy to do what they do to produce stories for television shows to make people interested I mean it's it's a difficult job so you know it's it's just all a learning experience and that's why for me you know if I were to ever go back I'm not going to be mean to the story producers there's no need to but I would know when to say no and I would know I think when they are trying to be my friend to get me to do something. Whereas before, like I said, I just, I just didn't have the cognizant to recognize that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to shout out Anna Wong and Sky Hilton. Cause they were my story producers on worst cooks on food network. Okay. And once we had an understanding and a rhythm together, they teed me up for, for like what I wanted to do, which was be like the guy who definitely obviously smokes weed, but never mentions it. And it's funny and nice. And did you never mention it because that's the rules of TV? That's the rules of TV and Food Network is uh, for everyone. You know what I mean? Right. No, unfortunately, um, when I was on Drag Race, you know, I wasn't allowed to wear marijuana print. I wasn't really allowed to innuendos or anything like that. 
you know, recently on the sh- last season, they had a girl uh, emulate me, and she did have a box that had marijuana print on it. So I do think, again, they're progressing slowly but surely. But for the, most of the part, you know, I think cannabis creators are silenced when it comes to national television. Sadly. I hope it's changing. I think, I think it, it is. is with Vice and, you know, Viceland and things like Bong Appetit and Netflix has got things, you know, I definitely think we're getting there. Yeah. There's but like, there's representation in a way that I definitely didn't see growing up. Like the other day I was watching, um, there's a new show with uh, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. I think it's called Grace and Frankie. Of course. And oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Have it's you seen it? It's a great show. Yeah. It's so good. It's been on for seasons, mama. Oh. You're late to the game. Sorry. I, I haven't seen Game of Thrones yet either so that's okay we don't we don't watch that one here at the house of ganja yeah good okay nope nope. i watched one episode this year because they were like oh my god the cgi halfway through i was like yeah this is cool okay what's next (laughs) grace and frankie grace and frankie right (laughs) but they um smoke a joint i think it's in the pilot and that's there's no deal made about it yeah you know that's landmark now because like when the movie nine to five came out with lily tomlin and jane fonda they smoke a joint in in that movie in the 80s but it's never mentioned and it's like not part of the now if that happened that would be part of like the press junket they would talk about smoking weed i just feel like there's representation in a new way where it's oh it's not a thing anymore it's not a big deal if someone smokes on TV, but cannabis content creators are still not the ones making the stories, right? Right. And I definitely think, you know, like anything good, uh, somebody takes the idea and then and tries to tell it their own. And instead of getting the real authentic voices mm-hmm. from the actual culture. So I think that's kind of what's happened with cannabis, too. You know, I know specifically a lot of people are at least reach, reaching out to have like consultants come on. Like my friend, Dr. Dina, she was the cannabis consultant for Disjointed on Netflix. With Kathy Bates. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I know they are trying to reach out to people who are actually in the industry and Mm -hmm. can inform production um but i think it's just a process you know i think it's it's gonna it's gonna take a while till cannabis is like you said i think we're lucky we live in california it doesn't people don't bat an eyelash here but i think they still do in other places especially like texas where i'm from oh yeah you know it it maybe it isn't a big deal to be on tv but they're talking about it did you see that did she just smoke a joint you know what i mean like it's still being i don't think it's still fully accepted i don't personally but that's because I go home to Texas three times a year and I realize like, oh, right. Where do you get your weed when you go home? Uh, oh, maybe, I got somebody. I got here. somebody. You know, <laughs> I got a plug. I got the plugs. Okay. I got the plugs. My, my sister is... and her wife also live there. So nice. They, they, yeah, they have to have weed all the time, too. Because so. it's just a state that's tough on weed. Very much so. Could you talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about sure. your own experience with law, law enforcement? and Sure. Law? So um, let's see. My first run in with the law was in 2011. And it was actually for a DUI. I was so out of my mind. I cut a cop off. Wow. Yeah. That, you know, pretty much straightened me up very quickly uh, with the law. I became a paranoid white boy 101, you know. Um, So luckily, knock on wood somewhere, I haven't had a run in with the law uh, since. Um, But what has happened as far as my cannabis consumption goes was I was caught coming back from Mexico at LAX with um, some grams of wax on me and a vape pen. And unfortunately, I was placed on a list that basically uh, have I get searched every time I fly international. I'm searched now because I've been placed on this list. And basically, if I were ever to get caught again, like I would, you know, officially go to jail for like real for real. So it just it's just exhausting, to be quite honest. Um, You know, they took all my money that I had on me at the time, which was like five hundred dollars cash. They took all my money. Hmm. So, you know, it was really 
unfortunate and like I said all over you know cannabis that I was legally allowed to have in California the place where I was being discovered with it but uh, you know you're not allowed to travel with it so I did break the law so I do understand you know why they did what they did and of course to make matters worse when it was all over they asked to take a picture with me so I have a feeling they knew who I was from jump and it was all a setup but you know that's me being paranoid and thinking you know whatever that's you being smart I mean, I'm just For saying real. they like literally asked to take a picture with me and told me like their grandma was a huge fan. It's like, okay, Fuck but off. I was randomly searched, selected, like, yeah. Wow. So it's been unfortunate, but you know, um, of all the things that have happened to my brothers and sisters, specifically the people of color out there, uh, it's nothing. You know, I've, I've had a slap on the wrist, if that, you know, maybe a finger. Do you feel like it's so, fueled your activism, though? It has, of course. Um, you know, last year I released a single called Look At Me, uh, and I did a music video for it. And instead of just doing a normal drag video, of course, I wanted to make a statement. And so I did. I talked about, you know, just the disproportionate amount of people of color that are arrested for cannabis um, and that are currently still in jail while, you know, here us white people are out enjoying it and smoking it freely in the open. So, uh, you know, I do try to use my platform for good and I do try to educate people on these, you know, current topics. Um, There's a great organization out there called Equity First that my girlfriend Kristen Lovell is working on with Felicia. They're they're incredible and they're fighting right now, you know, for equality and to help those that have... uh, basically been arrested for cannabis Mm -hmm. so they're trying to provide them with job opportunities uh, and equity basically in businesses uh, that is rightfully theirs because they've spent years in jail for like I said things that we're all doing you know daily out in the open Um, so I'm hopeful that more organizations like Equity First will be created I'm hopeful more people like myself with platforms will come forward because we do have a lot of work to do in the prison system as far as the war on drugs you know and repair and isn't it so crazy that you know, a drug conviction can actually bar you from getting a job in the cannabis industry. It's insane. I mean, it's one of the most ridiculous yeah. d- double standards that Correct. exists. Correct. Correct. Yeah. It's crazy making. I mean, it's definitely interesting being at the, you know, cross section of two subcultures, that being the LGBT community, LGBTQAI plus, if you want to get real fierce, but LGBTQ <laughs> community and the cannabis community, um, you know, it's not been easy. Definitely in either way. I would say I've had a better route in the LGBT community as a drag queen, of course. Uh, most people smoke cannabis, so I haven't really received a lot of opposition in that community. Um, but definitely in the cannabis community, people have not been so accepting of the LGBTQ aspect of my character. In fact, I'm the only LGBTQ person to be on the cover of a weed magazine. You're on dope. Um, which is just so sad. And, and it's, it's one of those facts that like I, I was so excited when it happened. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is going to be great. I can't wait to claim it. And it's like years later, I'm still claiming it. And that's sad. That's just, you know, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that a lot of people who are in the cannabis community are closeted. And I think they're closeted because they feel forced to be because of the industry we're in and because of the bro mentality. Uh, So they feel like they can't come out. At least this is what has been expressed to me as a gay male. Uh, A lot of times gay males feel that they can't, you know, come out because they work with bros. And if their bros knew that they were a lot of bros in the weed world. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And a lot of those bros are also sucking cock. So, you know, it's okay. And we should all just get over that fact and not matter what someone's putting in their mouth at night and, you know, just be glad that they're all smoking weed because that's really the main point. Hello. (laughs) That's what you should be putting in your mouth. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's, it's definitely been difficult. You know, I'm, I'm definitely trying really hard right now to cross over into the cannabis community more. You know, I, 
solely support myself off of drag money. And that's insane to me. I see people doing it in the daily and in the cannabis industry, supporting themselves as influencers. And as I was telling you before we started this podcast, you know, it's been sad to me because I'm a drag queen. Um, I don't get a lot of those same opportunities as other cis females who are doing the exact same thing as me. Uh, and I think, like I said, that just has to go back with the mentality and companies wanting to connect with my culture and my image, you know, of being open, being different. Um, but there are companies more and more that are discovering me that are coming forward saying they want to collab. And I think it's only a matter of time. I've always known that I've always known that if I just keep my heel planted, you know, firmly in that soil that eventually people will come around and they will want to a take advantage of me or B be a good company and actually support a foundation and a group that means something to them. You're always ahead of the curve. Like, is there any time you've ever been late to the party? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but thank you. Like, really, you know, when Drag Race first came out, um, girls didn't have their shit together like they do now. And I, I was. I was the first Drag Race girl to have a website, a merch line, and a single all ready to go when the show came out. And no one ever really acknowledges that because it's old news now. But... The thing is, I have been ahead of the curve. In fact, I even had an ochre red lipstick before Kylie fucking Jenner had oh, an okay. Shit. I just didn't have the smarts to copyright it, you see? Mm. But baby, do your research. I've been, I had that idea before her. So it's eventually my head of the curve will partner up and it, it, will, it, will, it will result in something. Mm -hmm. um, but I think unfortunately my head of the curve has been uh, a downfall for me because like I said, I'm so ahead of it that it's not a thing when I come up with it and then I, I miss it and I don't ferment it enough so that when it becomes a thing, it's like, well, now you're actually late. I think once I said I align my personal life more mm -hmm. then then everything's going to, it's all going to work out, but mm -hmm. you got to be happy first before anything can work. So I got to go work on that. Wow. Okay. I'm listening. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Let's hear about that. <laughs> well, there's, there's one of the reasons I'm happy. That's Little right. Dabber. She is the love of my life. I have a three-year-old Chihuahua Terrier. Her, her name is Little Dabbers. Yes. She's very on brand. Everything. And we have also reserved, you know, um, her sibling whenever I get her. Her name will be Rig. So it will be <laughs> Dabbers and Rig. And we do have that Instagram already. So you want to go ahead and add that, even though I don't have her, her baby partner yet. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah. So, you know, I've, I've been so focused uh, for the last seven years on... Career, 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 social media, social media, parties, events, clothing, hair, wigs, that, you know, it's been hard to, not hard, it's been impossible to have a boyfriend, to have Sunday fun day, to have um, a regular calling schedule with my parents to make sure they're good and be a good son. And mm -hmm. I mean, just all the things that, you know, people do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm trying, yes, to find a balance now between the two. So I'm looking at moving to Denver uh, to focus, to really focus. You know, I, I want to be doing yoga every day. Um, I want to be eating healthy. I want to have really good friends. And these are all things I find very impossible to do in LA. Yeah. So I'm going to try. I'm going to try to go to go start a life somewhere different after 14 years of being here and just see if that change is what I need and if, if, if that's what I'm looking for. And if it's not, then 
we pack our bags and we come back. But I just know I'll never know uh, if I don't go try. And that's always been my biggest life motto is you got to try. People always say I'm a try hard and I say, yes, I am. And what's wrong with that? I try very hard. Uh, And, you know, that's I just think that's what life's about. I think you have to sometimes not just dip your toes in the pool, but just jump in. And so that's kind of what I'm doing. I don't really, everyone's like, why are you moving? And I'm like, I don't really know, but I know I need a house and I can't afford one in LA. So that's a good enough reason for me to know, like I'm going to move right now. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Um, I've got a great friend well, several great friends in Denver, but my main great friend that's really inspired the move is named Aaron Richard. He started the weed tube. Do you guys know about yeah, this? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. So for those who don't know about the weed tube, it's just like the YouTube. So it's for cannabis creators who want to make money off cannabis content. Unfortunately, uh, YouTube was a douchebag and deleted all of these content creators who were doing cannabis content, some who had millions of views, some who had, you know, just a couple thousand. Point is, they cleaned out the cannabis community. Mm-hmm. I was lucky, though, so please add me on YouTube at Lagandra Stranja. Um, <laughs> all these little gems have every to. once in a while. <laughs> but, but yeah, my, my friend Aaron, he was deleted. He was the gay stoner on YouTube. So uh, he... He's friends with Joya, right? He's friends with Joya. He's friends with Mac. He's friends with Koala. Uh, Stone Tim. I mean, the list goes on and on. If, you, if, they're, if you're a cannabis creator, Aaron knows you. So the Weed Tube, uh, which is housed in Denver. So I'm going to be, you know, helping him a lot with that and focusing, of course, on my channel, which as of right now is not currently set up on a schedule, but will be very soon where I'll be posting regular videos, you know, once a week on a certain day and certain time. Um, but as of right now, you know, uh, that's one of my main projects that I'm going to work on in Denver. Definitely also going to be teaching dance. I'm going to be working at a studio called Tease. It's a pole studio. So I'll be teaching dance classes out of there, which should be really fun. Like you're ahead of the curve, but you're aligning your life. I think it's important. You know, I, I haven't been about aligning my life for a very long time. Um, and eventually you just get exhausted. Yeah. And to the point where it's just like, okay, well, if I don't go align myself and I keep going at this rate, like I'm going to end up dead. Like, and I know that sounds dramatic, but I really was, I really was. Mm -hmm. So I think everything happens the way it's supposed to, not the way we want it to. Cause obviously if things happened the way I wanted to, I would be a huge star right now and I'd be in a mansion and we'd be sitting overlooking the beach having this podcast. But, uh, that's just not my truth right now, but that doesn't mean, you know, a year, four, five, ten from now, it can't be. I just know for it to be, I have to be happy. So I have to go find my happiness. This is so refreshing to hear in LA where you don't get to hear people just being open and honest about why they're making the choices they make. Instead, all you ever see is like killing it, crushing it, sure. uh, all that shit. Yeah. And yeah, that when those things happen, it feels really great, but it's not every fucking day. Yeah. I, I've learned, you know, you have to celebrate not your failures because I don't believe in failure, but you have to celebrate your down points just as much as your up points. Uh, you know, for instance, the other day, like I was supposed to go do this gig and I got in drag and I'm driving to Orange County and like 10 minutes before I get to the gig, they call me and they're like, well, no one showed up. So like the club's going to close. And I was devastated. I just was like, how am I this far in my career? Like, how did no one show up? Like, how am I doing it for literally pennies? How am like just the whole thing. And it made me so sad. And then I was just like, well, I'm just not going to say anything on Instagram because like, why? No one needs to know. And then I was just like, no, that's sad. Like, why? Why am I ashamed? Like, why can't I just tell people no one showed up for me tonight? And I'm sad. Like, why does it have to be? 
some hidden secret because brands are sponsoring me and brands don't want my image to be that I'm not successful? Or is it that, you know, I don't know why the reasons we don't tell the truth, but I just was like, well, I'm going to tell the truth. So I did. I went on Instagram and was like, unfortunately, due to circumstances that are out of me and the promoter's hands, like I won't be performing tonight and I'm sorry and I'm sad. And please know that for the five of you that showed up, if I could, I would have performed for the five of you, you know, and it just felt really good to own that moment and to not be so ashamed or feel the need to silence myself because that's not what people want or people want to see. Um, and I think it's those little moments that empower me to know that this big decision I'm making as scary as it is, is the right one, you know? Yes. And I get emotional because it's hard, you know, I've been here for 14 years. I really wanted this to work out and I'm not saying it didn't you know I know many people look at me and they think like oh my god like you know you have a successful life you can afford guacamole on your Chipotle like you wear Versace (laughs) you know what I mean you've seen the world and it's like yes those things are true and I'm very lucky for them but those things ultimately don't mean something if you're not happy Mm. and if you're not fulfilled in doing them and I just feel for me um I'll never be fulfilled at the current rate I'm going unless I'm a star. And if my happiness relies on me being a star, then something's not in alignment because my happiness isn't based on my success. It can't be, right? Because we're not always going to be successful. Life is about the ups and the downs and the failures. So you can't base your happiness on success because that's just impossible. So it has to be on something more real, like a love, like a partner, like bonding with your dog, like being able to cook food for friends, like, you know, just the real things that people do. And so that's ultimately why I think I'm making the decision I'm making is because I wore myself down trying to go to every party and to be socialites and to be friends with the famous people and to get them to post my videos and to do all the things you're supposed to do. Um, And you just get, and I just got so wrapped up in it that I just was like, yeah, no, can't do this anymore. I got to move. I got to be more real. I got to go find my peace because I'll never be able to, like I said, be the true success, whatever that is ever going to be, whether that be I'm a star, whether that means I teach dance in Denver for the rest of my life for four children, whatever it is going to be, I just know it's going to feel good. And so that's when I was just like, yeah, this isn't right. This isn't right being here. This isn't right you know, annoying yourself all the time to like up your following because look at how you feel. You're an artist. You're supposed to be feeling. That's why you're an artist. So that's, you know, why I get emotional because I feel things and uh, I, I like to just be open. You know, I grew up, like I said, with two parents who are counselors. And so every day I came home and I would cry. I would, I would tell them that, man, I'm a fucking homo and people are making fun of me and it sucks. Mm. And I was able to just express that instead of like toughen up kid. And so that's why it's like, I don't know how to not cry. And that's why people, whenever I'm on TV, I always cry. And people are like, you always cry. It's like, well, yeah, because like, that's just integral to who I am. So that's, that's one of my things is like, I just try to let it happen. And when it happened, no, like, okay, Mary, well, you're about to cry for the next three minutes. So just say what you got to say and get it through. Cause like, you know, I'm a crier. <laughs> It's fucking beautiful. Thanks. Was there a time that you wouldn't put the other side of things on display? What do you mean? Well, when you're talking about like Orange County or you're talking about the the low times here, were there times when you would just internalize that and just like let it dip into the 
into your belly instead of let it go out. And so now that you're saying those things and you're like just being straight up, this is my life and I'm a person. It's horrifying. It's fucking scary. Yeah. It's horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. How good does that feel? Uh, It doesn't feel good. Really? No. I'm looking at you and I'm like, I should start doing that and I should be more honest. I love that because that's what I preach and I hope that's what my story does. But the truth behind it is... um, I'm sad. I mean, I've talked to my parents many a night recently where it's just like, what am I doing? I've, I've put so much into this and to walk away from that. It's, it's a big deal. But like I said, when your heart tells you something, you have to listen to it. Mm -hmm. And my heart's not only telling me it's like full on, like standing ovation, screaming opera style at me. Mm. So yeah, I'm ready to take that bow. I'm ready to just jump forward, but it doesn't necessarily feel great. I don't think it's going to feel great till I've been in Denver for six months and I'm established and I have my home and I've got my crystals out mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? Like that candles lit the candles, my lovely sponsored candles. Yes. You know, like I don't think that I will really. And the right weed brand that. is backing you. Not only backing me, but giving me lovely money to post per monthly to sponsor them. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and even then, I think I'll I'll still find something to find a fuss with because that's who I am. I'm yeah. a perfectionist, and there's always room for improvement and for growth. And uh, I'm just not one person to be complacent. That's just not in my blood. And and uh, it's sort of like the being ahead of a curve thing. It's a blessing and a curse. You know, I wish again sometimes I could be more complacent. You know, I wish sometimes I could just sit down and watch Netflix for a week and and veg out because. I don't need to constantly work all the time, but I just, again, it's like, I can't, I can't be contemplative. I'm always like, nope, what's next? Don't waste your talent. You were given this gift. You gotta, you gotta get up. You gotta use it. Can't, can't, can't just sit here and wallow, you know? So, eh. especially those moments, I, I have found them either doing stand up or playing sports when I just disappear into bliss. And I, I imagine when you're dancing and when you're choreographing and you're seeing everything to come together, like it's hard to chase bliss. And I've yeah. chased bliss for a really long time. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think uh, I'm getting more clear on what bliss is and what that feels like and looks like. Um, and I think that's important, right? I think you have to know exactly what it is you want in order to get it. Very much this whole idea of manifesting. It's like if you know what you want, you say what you want, you'll get what you want. So, for me, like I said, my happiness, my bl- my bliss has been identified as numbers and following, success on by being on TV shows. Like that's what I've I aligned my bliss with. But now I'm trying to align my bliss with like a feeling, a sense of something inside. Like you said, a feeling of disappearing into into pure joy. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding it for me. I find those moments most walking my dog, cooking for my friends, or I find it when. I'm able to transfer my confidence into someone else. So if that's teaching a dance class, if that's performing and then having that performer or having that audience member come up to me and then tell me what that then. But again, me just being on stage dancing and drag. No, Mm -mm. I'm not getting that feeling of euphoria. I'm getting a feeling of I'm 30 years old. I'm too fucking old to be dancing in high heels. And Mary, I want to sit my gay ass down (laughs) and just like this wig is heavy. And like, no, it's, it's, it is a job, you know? Yeah. I mean, it really is. Trying to recreate my 23-year-old self every day of my life, it's hard. I'm, I'm older. I'm just older. I'm not, 
I'm not 23 and at musical theater camp for the first time. Mm-hmm. So uh, it is a lot of um, strumming up of, uh, you know, belief in yourself to create such a wild character as Laganja every day of my life. Um, which is why, like I said, I think I just need to recharge. Hell I just yes. need a moment mm-hmm. to not be up and drag every second and to really focus on what it is. I want, you know, and not what it is I should be attaining because that's what you're supposed to do in this career and in this next line of, you know, what people think you should do. It's fucking hard being born an artist, huh? Mm-hmm. It's fucking hard. It's very difficult. Yeah. But it's also beautiful, right? I mean, I feel like my life has been so unique and it's it's so different than so many of my friends' lives. And that's why even though it's hard and sad and all those things that I talk about, like I wouldn't trade it for the world. Mm. I wouldn't trade being gay for the world. I wouldn't trade being a marijuana advocate for the world. I mean, I really do. I believe everything happens for a reason. And it's just a gift that I fell into this. And sometimes that gift slaps me on the ass and it hurts. But nine times out of the again, nine times out of 10, I say that a lot, by the way, nine Notice times that. out of the third time I've said that in this yeah. one podcast, <laughs> nine times out of 10, there's a fourth, um, you know, it, it comes back. It comes back to me. So that's, that's pretty cool. And a sativa helps sativa only Indica at night, maybe, but really sativa. Even at night, I'm like, I just love sativa. And Brie, you were saying your snack of choice was a pretzel with mustard? No, but when I went to Denver and was at the bougie um, place, we had mustard. We had a pretzel with mustard butter, and it was so good. Oh, my God. But no, my snack of choice. Yes. I wondered when we were going to talk about food. Yeah. Isn't this? We'll get there. Yeah. Okay. We're here. We're there. We're here. <laughs> Thank God. Um, that was weed, and this is grub. Uh-huh. My, my food of choice when stoned is usually a Reese's Pieces. I love Reese's Pieces. Or Reese's anything. What temperature? I knew you were going to ask that because the people like them frozen, right? Mm-hmm. The Reese's I, frozen. I can't eat them, but I hear it. Well, yeah. You can't I eat can't them? have peanuts. I swell up and die. No. Yes. I've always, oh my God, I just can't imagine. Yeah. I've never met anyone who actually has this allergen. I have an You're the first person. Bless you. Yeah. Ask her what her thing on the airplane is called when she flies. Oh, what? I get a nut buffer. What does that mean? It means that the row ahead of me and the row behind me and my row don't get nuts. So I have a buffer zone to protect me from other people's nuts. And do people get mad at you? And it's called a nut buffer. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think people are pretty bummed out that they can't really? because they're in 28F and that dumb chick in 27E. And has anyone have... ever said like, can I have some nuts too? Yeah. And then people, they're turned down. And no. they say, I'm sorry, that lady sitting next to you. Yeah. Do they point you out? Yes. No, they single totally. you out. That's so rude. Yeah, they're like, oh, this, yeah. Oh, no, I would absolutely bitch. be like, you need to be like anonymous. Like, <laughs> I'm so sorry, but someone sitting in your area has an allergen. They would really point you out. I think so. I mean, it's no right. That's not a nut buffer. That's a nut buster. <laughs> they, are, they are busting you, mama. Don't let them do that to you. Next time before you get on that plane, you tell that attendant, now look here, baby. <laughs> Somebody asked for nuts around me. Don't don't throw me under that bus, because I'm gonna make your life hard. I'm gonna start asking for Pepsi every ten minutes and ring your bell. <laughs> this is exactly what I'm gonna do. Right, but yeah. So I love Reese's, but my favorite food of all times is ramen. Oh, I never had ramen until last year. Of course, I had like the ramen you get when you're like in college and you just like have yeah. a one-two ramen. Top top. What's it called? It's Top still and ramen? it's still really good if you make it like how these people are making real ramen, like yeah. the actual Vietnamese way. Um, it is Vietnamese. No, I think it's Japanese. Japanese. It is Japanese. Excuse me, my bad. So I discovered ramen, and I'm just obsessed with it. I, mm-hmm. I love spicy food, and it's one of the the spiciest soups I've ever been able to get. Like 
I once had it in Miami and they called it nuclear and it was so hot. Like I couldn't even eat it. I was gagged and I, I can eat hot cause I'm from Texas, but yeah, I love ramen and I can actually make it. Who knew? Really? I, yes. I made it the other day for a friend. I'd never made it before. Whoa. I literally followed the instructions. You have to like toast the sesame seed oil first. And like, there's all these things that you have to do. It's actually kind of complicated, but again, I don't believe in that. Just follow the instructions. There's no such thing as complicated in cooking. You just have to believe in yourself, just like dance. It's just a step that you break down and you learn and you get better at it. Same with cooking. So whatever. I tried ramen for the first time, even did pork belly. Yo. It was so good. My friend oh my was God. like, should I marry you? I was like, <laughs> I think you should, to be honest. Like, I'm sickening. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. So who knew? What about you? What are y'all's favorite foods? Oh, such a good question. It's so uh, important. It is an important question. Yeah, I was just thinking chicken pot pie for some reason. Ooh. Just popped into my head. Ever had Why? the one from Boston Market? No. Yes. It's a good fast food chicken pot pie, it's you know? Great. Yeah, mm. I like it. I like their, like, whatever their creamy deal is. Right. That's Never as good as one that's actually made with by home at home with love. But. Yes, always. What about you? I'm on a nacho kick right now. Ooh, okay. I can't stop on nachos. I went to veggie. Do you Grove like a hot salsa? Day. A hot salsa? Fuck yes. Okay. Bright red and spicy as hell. Habanero? Uh, yeah, I'll fuck with a habanero. Okay, I got some salsa here you have to try. Oh, really? It's from Texas. It's from Fort Worth. It's called Mrs. Renfro's, and she's sickening. Yeah. Very hot. Very okay. spicy. Yeah, close my throat. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. But nachos, you can't go wrong. Uh-uh. It's hard to fuck up nachos, right? Yeah. It's like literally cheese on chips. It, well, actually, we were in Vegas recently, and they really fucked up the nachos because there weren't enough chips. It was like all glop with no chips, which was so weird because the <sighs> chips are the cheap part. Right. So they cheaped out on the chips, which you, didn't make and sense. And then we like like. And then animals. I ate it with my hand. Yeah, like <laughs> like I, we stood over the tray and like scooped sour cream into our mouths with our fingers. It was like that pretty sounds gross. Attractive. <laughs> pretty disgusting. It's attractive. Thank yeah. God it was in a hotel room and not just like on the strip where everyone's like, "Oh, we're getting our phones." Right. Out. Yeah. That's where you should have pulled out your ASMR mic. That would have done. <laughs> That would have done really well for that. That's the sound of sucking sour cream. Yeah, out of your hand. <laughs> when you do that, when you do that, Reese's, uh, I, I have to know if it's ice cold. If you, if it's, uh, I've done it before. It's not a common practice, but I have put them in the in the freezer before okay. I eat them. Yeah. Um, wait, you said Reese's pieces? No, I I meant to say Reese's, like the actual, like a cup. Oh, peanut butter cup. Yeah, but have you have the thins? Yeah. They just hell. came out with them. I oh, can't. you can't. Oh, my God. This is rude. We shouldn't keep talking about this. <laughs> I need I feel enough so- buffer. <laughs> no, yeah. now we're going to shield her. I feel bad. <laughs> no, but the Reese's Thins are where it's at. Hell yes. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> Damn you both. <laughs> I know. Sorry. <laughs> One time, um, we were at a restaurant after recording, and I got a veggie burger, and it had peanuts in it, and I didn't know it. And I said, do you want to try this? It's delicious. And she tried it, and I was like, I just poisoned Mary Jane. Like, it felt like I poisoned somebody. And what happened? Did you blow up like a balloon? I kind of did. It wasn't too bad, because I managed to, like, I bit into it. And then what, you EpiPen it. yourself when you realized? I actually didn't have to, because I bit into it, and it's like a chemical reaction. It's not even a taste. Like, it burns me. So I immediately, my lips swelled up, and I would spat it out, and I got, you know, I got it out of my body before it made me sick. But... It was good. I lorded it over, Mike, for a few days I would have, afterwards. too. Absolutely. I, like, I think you owe me, like, several dinners and a couple movies. and Right. Yeah. All the things. And, like, uh-huh. a good dinner, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah not, a, not at, like, Peanut Palace or wherever <laughs> right, I was no, going to go. Absolutely not. <laughs> Don't take me for pad thai. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> oh, my God. You can't have Thai food. Well, I can without peanuts. But that's not Thai food. No, you need that crunch crunch. <laughs> okay, what, are you going to put almonds on ashamed. it? You're feeling very attacked? I'm feeling very attacked. Uh-huh. I'm feeling attacked. <laughs> no, okay, so but wait, because my friends are vegan and they're so annoying about it, which I love. Good for you. I love vegan people. Um, <laughs> but wait, surely they have a vegan nut. 
They yeah. have a vegan everything now. It costs $14, but they have it. You know, but it's gross because it's Is like, it? there's, well, there's this thing called nut cheese. And I'm like, <gasps> no, I've had nut cheese. That's not true. Some of it's good. Yeah, but just the, it's called nut cheese. I'm going to eat well, nut cheese. Well, I'm gay. We like nut. <laughs> we're into all that we're like nut on our face and the nut cheese it's all fine no I mean I do too I just don't want it to be associated with cheese right that's you know the part I mean? that's weird yeah 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 yeah. yeah. okay I can feel that the two words together okay I can feel that I can feel that uh-huh. yeah no but um, I actually went to the vegan fair which is over here in North Hollywood um, mm-hmm. and it's every Sunday so cute and I had a vegan fried chicken because I love fried chicken. I'm like, a, by the way, uh, oh, you live in we or West Hollywood, bless you. Well, if you're ever over here in the valley late at night, there's a thing called Raging Chicken. It's literally outside of a gas station. No, a car wash. It is the best if you like fried chicken. <gasps> it's the best fried chicken in the world. <sighs> Anyways, I go there way too much because I'm literally four minutes from it, mm-hmm. from this house. Um, but my friend was like, no, you need to have the vegan chicken. You won't get sick after you eat it. Because I don't know about you, but like after you eat a big piece of fried meat, like I feel sick normally. I usually am like, I got to smoke immediately. Like, ugh. well, <laughs> crazy enough. So vegan fried chicken, as good as real chicken. I'm not even, I'm not even shitting you as good as real chicken. I took it apart because I was like, what does it look like? It literally looked like chicken. Really? It's got that shred? The shred. I couldn't believe it. So good. And then after I ate it, no stomach ache. Wow. I was almost convinced, but it was $17. So I'm like, nah, okay. not convinced. <laughs> not convinced. Was nope. there a dipping sauce with it? It was um, actually done as like a na- uh, Nashville hot. So it was like covered in the Nashville hot sauce. So it was mm-hmm. perfect. It was so mm-hmm. good. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, like you're right. This is as good as fried chicken. I'm not going to say better. Right. But as good. We have friends who do a chicken tender podcast called The Tender Friends. You're kidding. And it, this is going to be real exciting to share with yeah. them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they have to try it. Their Instagram is called Let Us Alone. No. Let Us Feast. I'll have to look it up for okay. you. I don't remember it. But Rage and the, Chicken. Though That's the real chicken, though. Oh, oh yeah. If they like real chicken. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Oh, you have to tell them about Rage and Chicken. That's the gas That's station, the, the car, wash, car wash place. Okay. 8 to 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. Eight to, that's so smart. It's so, so smart. good. And they're they're so close to getting their own building. I know it. They've mm-hmm. only been there for a year, but they're popping. Like, people go. It's so good. Where could everybody... Uh, everybody probably already knows yeah, where. But knows. you can we find me at Laganja Estranja. That's L-A-G-A-N-J-A-E-S-T-R-A-N-J-A. I have to concentrate myself to spell my own name. It's so annoying. People always ask me for my email, and I'm like, why did I make it myself? <laughs> it could have just been an L-E at Gmail, but I had to do a logo on just Ranja. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm that on every platform. I made it really easy for you. Luckily, no one had that name. So you can find me on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Tumblr, Snapchat. Instagram, Instagram LinkedIn. Instagram, LinkedIn. Google. I mean, Google, Backpage. Uh, you know, just everywhere, really. Craigslist. Craigslist, Mama. If there's a place to have an ad, she's up there saying, let's get sick <laughs> Thank you for having us. Hilda. Yes, thank you so much. Thank I appreciate you. it. Wonderful. Yeah, thank and you. thanks for hooking me up, you guys. They brought me all this things from Magical Butter. We got ghost vapes. We got Lowell's. I mean, y'all went above and beyond. So thank you. Appreciate that. We love you. Yay, thank I love you, you guys. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to follow us, it's at Weed and Grub on Instagram or Weed and Grub.com on the internet. Thank you and bye, everybody. Bye.